three, two, one, zero, 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 zero. From the studios of WORQ in Wisconsin, this is the Stand Up For The Truth podcast. Today's issues, overlooked headlines, and biblical observations, equipping the remnant around the globe. Got your sword handy? This is Stand Up For The Truth. Welcome to a fresh new podcast, brand new month, Monday, October 2, 2023 on the calendar. Welcome our frequency listeners in Northeast Wisconsin on the FM band and also online at q90fm.com slash listen. And uh, got a, we got a lot of information to share with you. So uh, it's probably going to be one of those podcasts or video podcasts you're going to have to watch over and over again. But uh, just buckle up and get ready for this. Uh, I'd like to start with scripture for our podcast today. Uh, Proverbs 3.21, my child, don't lose sight of common sense and discernment. Hang on to them. Heavenly Father, we thank you for another day, another breath, another heartbeat. That's those are those are miracles. We thank you for life. Thank you for waking us up today. Thank you for those divine appointments, the opportunity to share the faith today because uh, the door is closing. We're in the last hours. And uh, I ask you to uh, be a part of this broadcast. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. And uh, our guest today, Sean Patrick Terrio, praying for his ministry, his safety, his his protection, and uh, and in his provision. And uh, open hearts and minds to what has to be uh, discussed today. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Well, he's been on the podcast before. Uh, we met through some uh, friends on social media. Uh, Aaron Wagner, who does um, American Cloud, who hosts our our websites, all of our websites, protection, protecting our websites because we're getting hit so much through our other hosts. So uh, we moved over to American Cloud. Aaron Wagner, one of the uh, team members there, told me about Sean Patrick Terrio. And uh, we've been in touch uh, over the uh, over the months. We had him on this Stand Up For The Truth podcast a while back and uh, been purchasing some of his products, fascinated by his ghost phones and the uh, Faraday bags. We'll talk about that. Sean Patrick Terrio, how are you this morning, sir? I am doing great, my friend. Thanks for, for having me back. I was, uh, as we were trying to connect over the last few days, I was I was concerned. You seem very busy. <laughs> I hope yeah, I. to say the least. So, uh, tell us a little bit for people that are have never heard of Sean Patrick Terrio. I usually do a big long uh, uh, introduction, but tell us a little little bit about you and and uh, uh, and what you do. Just a little bit here. Yeah. So, just the the brief version uh, for those who didn't tune into the last episode is I've got a career in Silicon Valley. As an entrepreneur, working for various different software companies, infrastructure, data center, hosting, network, security companies, and have been, for better or worse, uh, considered a conspiracy theorist since, I would say, 1994, when my dad really woke me up when he forced me to watch uh, Creature from Jekyll Island, VH, all the VHS series, and it was like seven VHSs at the time. Creature from Jericho? Is that what you said? Yeah. The creature from Jekyll Island. Jekyll, okay. All about money and banking and the history of the Federal Reserve in 1913 and and whatnot. Um, so, yeah, so I, it, I've always been following the money at the end of the day and, and looking in Silicon Valley about the venture capital and the private equity and seeing where all that money was being placed. And the dots really started connecting, and the Lord really spoke to me and said, look, this is not – these companies are being established and set up 
to manifest the global surveillance state. And if you read the Patriot Act, which I did as a 20-year-old, as a crazy 20-year-old in college, uh, reading through this long document, it just became so obvious and apparent to me that they were meticulously going about uh, dissecting all of our liberties and freedoms and trying to normalize uh, the surveillance state. So fast forward a bunch of years after working for these different companies, I got very disturbed, as many of us did, watching what happened on January 6th and was just on my knees in prayer and tears, pleading with the Lord uh, to leverage me in some capacity because I had literally spoken with numerous friends and family that they were not going to allow a discussion on the floor of Congress about the fraud that had occurred in the election. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened and played out almost to a T as I had thought it was going to. And I was like, I'm just so tired, Lord, of being <laughs> being right when I say I told you so uh, for these things that are just catastrophic to, to humanity uh, and to, to what we're trying to accomplish here on Earth, saving souls at the end of the day. And so it just became very obvious and clear to me at that time that my mission was to build, start building the parallel infrastructure to support conservative content online. And as Parler got kicked off of Amazon Web Services and other companies got deplatformed from GoDaddy, from MailChimp, from all these different Silicon Valley companies that were backed and owned by very woke, very woke capital. And I've known many of the CEOs and entrepreneurs in these companies who will freely admit and acknowledge that if they could do it over again, they would not have accepted the money because it came with all kinds of terms and conditions mm-hmm. that they were not aware of. And they had to effectively sell out because of their investors almost forced them to be in a position where they needed some kind of an exit strategy. So long story short, that's the mission that I've been, I've been on and I've been building parallel infrastructure. So Aaron Wagner, for example, uh, was my right-hand man COO for many years within, with my company. Uh, we helped get a company up and running that uh, was providing hosting services and network and security services for that conservative content. He then migrated over and started a new firm, uh, which is American Cloud and is now the CEO of that firm. Right. I transitioned over and I've started working specifically with, uh, both individuals, helping them migrate off of Google, Apple, Microsoft, and Amazon, who control the vast majority of the operating systems for the phones and laptops that people use on a day to day basis, uh, in addition to the applications that people use on those devices as well and coaching them and teaching people about what options are available that are not owned and controlled by companies that are literally trying to kill us right now. Seems hard to believe. I, uh, the garden hose for me was true social. Now I was a part of parlor social media years ago. And I think 2018 is when I got on parlor. And then I saw what happened, of course, after January six, and it was just bizarre watching it playing out in real time. Uh, what was going on with Parler and Amazon, uh, Jeff Bezos, and uh, it just those dots that nobody ever connected. And so uh, here we are today with Sean Patrick Terrio on Santa for the Truth, uh, his second visit with us here on Santa for the Truth. This is a fresh new podcast. And uh, so we're not going to cover too much what we did last time because uh, we need to uh, kind of be in the now. And uh, you sent me some notes here, and I got a chance to brief over it uh, uh, the uh, headline is from Jeff.Pro on September 30th, 2023. 
Microsoft will enable mass surveillance and AI training with user data. 130 products covered in massive policy shift, including Windows. You want to you want to unpack that for us? Yeah, I mean, the reality is that we have been given these tools in the laptops and the phones that we use on a regular basis, both in our personal lives and our professional lives, that are owned by Microsoft, Google, Apple, and whatnot, who are literally those responsible for the same global surveillance state that we're fighting against. So with that in mind, it is no wonder that they are enforcing and enacting policies, whether it's Google, because Google also enacted a huge policy globally uh, last month, so two months ago, actually, we're in October now, keep forgetting. Um, and Microsoft now just made it public that they are doing the same across all of their products. So whether you're on Skype or Teams, Office 365, or simply using a Windows operating system, what they have now changed in their terms and conditions is making it very clear and apparent that they now claim access and control over all of your data, which they've already had and been doing. But mm-hmm. just like the Patriot Act, where our government was already spying on us, they simply wanted to make it official so that they could not be found uh, you know, legal and liable for a lot of the things that they were doing. Uh, so all of your information that is clearing through and on your desktop, your Windows desktop, Windows is now saying, well, that's ours. We can use that in any way we want, which is no different than people who are on Facebook's platform or on TikTok's platform or Instagram or any of these other social media platforms. All of the content that you put in there, your comments, your pictures, that's all now claimed. Once you put it in there, is claimed by that social media provider for them to use and do whatever the heck they want with. So people really just need to stop and think, like, am I, am I okay with this? Am I okay with these companies? that spend billions of dollars annually, billions annually, on candidates, causes, and organizations that are literally trying to kill us right now to claim access and control over all my data, censor my information, throw it all into a massive hive cloud database, which is shared amongst all these different service providers, these big tech service providers, and our government, so that they can just keep learning more about us, so that they can recall certain conversations that may have been had with certain individuals to try to use it against us for whatever purpose. And, you know, very important with that conversation is people say, oh, well, I have nothing to hide. It's not a big deal. I'm not doing anything crazy. But that's like saying, well, my First Amendment doesn't matter. Sure, it's okay if that they're censoring people because I'm not saying anything outlandish or outrageous, or it's okay that they confiscate all the guns because I really don't plan on killing anybody. These things definitely do matter. And we have a choice. So that's the key piece here is we have a choice. We can opt out of this system. So I think that leads into what we really want to dig into, which is, okay, well, what can people do about it? Right? What are the alternatives that people have? He, uh, the, we're speaking with Sean Patrick Terrio. His website is mark37.com. And for some of our longtime listeners who are trying to make sense of all of this, as you know, uh, there is going to be a one world system coming. Uh, the Bible is prophesying it. it. One world religion, one world 
currency and, and one world. It's going to be a one world system. So we're trying to connect the dots here. And as Sean Patrick uh, mentioned, the reason that we're involved here is because there's everyone saying, all I want to do is use my phone for this or my iPad for this. I don't want all of that. I, I, I don't know what the big deal is. And that article that you uh, sent me is talking about uh, uh, Windows Office, Teams, Skype, and Xbox, things that everybody has just been using for years and years and years. And I, uh, I just something just popped in my head that I tell people often, if it's free, then you're the product. And, uh, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, if it's free and they're going like, hey, it's free. What's, you know, what's the, if, if Facebook wants to do that, I'm not paying for it. It's, that's, it's their platform or X or Twitter. It's free. So they can do whatever they want to with it. And so here's the danger here. All right. Now, um, another topic here, open source Microsoft Office 0365 alternatives that allow people to be productive in business without needing Microsoft. Because one of the things that you do is you do these, um, Boot camps with corporations that are going, is there a way out? Are there alternatives? Your thoughts? Yeah, so I've, I've spent nearly uh, every other weekend, if not every weekend, uh, over the last almost a year, uh, traveling the country and going to different cities in California, Arizona, was actually just near you up in Wisconsin, uh, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia, you name it. Been all over the place training organizations and, uh, companies that are what, what I consider to be on the front lines of the war that we're in now. And I think everyone can, that's listening can probably say, yep, we're, we're in a war right now that we have enemies foreign and domestic, mostly mm-hmm. domestic these days who are following, you know, Sun Tzu's art of war, uh, and dismantling this, this country from the inside out without having to put a single soldier on, on land firing a single shot. And so training people, and which is exactly what I asked God, I said, Lord, please put me in service. And he's thrown me on the front lines training people on, on the tools that they're using, which are really, you know, if, if we were going into battle and I gave you a gun and I said, just so you know, there's a GPS tracking device on this, a mic and a camera, and all this information is being fed to the enemy. Uh, and by the way, I'm not going to train you on how to use this thing. You kind of have to figure it out as you're going. Uh, good luck. And I walked away. Would you bring that into battle? You you wouldn't. No one in the right mind would do that, right? And yet that's 100% exactly what has been happening. And people don't realize that there's you know, a, a weapons depot that's right next door that they could go to that has tools that they can use to be successful in their personal life and in business that are available. You just don't know it's there because no one's ever told you because we don't have the billion-dollar marketing budgets every year to push this out into the marketplace through the various mediums and mechanisms that are literally owned and controlled by the enemy who don't who don't want you to know that they exist. And you can scratch your head and say, oh, that's crazy. But the reality is this stuff has existed for a long time. I've been using, for example, something called LibreOffice, L-I-B-R-E Office, which is an open source office, Microsoft Office alternative that allows me to work with documents and spreadsheets and PowerPoint presentations cross-compatible so I can save it as uh, Excel files or save as .doc files. I can save it as all these things. 
And I run three businesses using all open source tools and software. All this stuff exists. It's available. People don't know it exists, though. And a big reason for this that I think people need to wrap their head around, and a lot of the training that I'm doing, I try to, you know, I've been a translator my whole life, you know, working between engineering groups and CFOs and CEOs, and analogies are all are always key. And so the analogy here is, look, if if you're going to be using these tools, you have to understand that communications is absolutely paramount in battle and in war. And throughout history, when our government or other governments have gained access, like have hacked and broken the encryption on another country's military communications, they don't throw their hands up and say, aha, we've done it. We've, we've broken the encryption. They keep silent about it so that they can keep listening to all of the communications amongst their enemy so that they know exactly where they're going to be, what they're going to do, what their plans are, and so that they can move ahead and act accordingly. And that is 100% exactly what the agencies that are global, these spy agencies that we talk about, we think that they're nation-state actors. They're all operating together for the same globalist actors that we've been talking about Mm -hmm. and have been for decades. They share all of this information. So if they know they have backdoor access into your iPhone, into your Microsoft Windows machine, your Mac OS, your Kindle, if they have backdoor access, the encryption that you might have with your email, with Signal, with Telegram, is rendered useless because they see what you see on your end of the device. They hear what you hear on your end of the device. So those of us like me who are out here pushing and trying to explain this basic technology to people who have not been trained on any of this comes as a shock to many. But once you know this, you can't unknow this. And I encourage people to go look this stuff up online, learn it yourself. And people say, oh, well, I can turn off the volume on my iPhone. I can yeah. turn off the volume on my on my Windows. I can turn off my the volume on my Google Android device. And the response is super simple and basic, which is you don't own the device, my friend. It is not your device. It is Google's device. It is Apple's device. It is Microsoft's device because they own your operating system. You simply use the device. And when you understand that and can wrap your head around that, the urgency that I think people need to have to start migrating off of these platforms starts to set in. It's no different than those who start to realize that the food that they're buying from most grocery stores is poisoning them, right? Right. You say, oh, well, well, what what can I do about it? Well, you can find some local farmers in your area. You can find some produce, some farmer's markets. You can develop relationships with other farmers, and you can grow your own food. But that's not something that just happens overnight. You have to plan for it. So you might buy a raised bed, and you might go a season and try some things out, see what works, what doesn't work. Try to find some communities that you can join who can teach and coach along the way and figure out what works in your climate, in your area. So it's a journey, and it's a process. And people just have to realize that you can't just flip a switch and migrate everything over, and all of a sudden you're just up and running, and you're totally honky-donky, and everything's working seamlessly. You have to plan for it, just like you would plan for changing your bank's. 
So when you know people woke up and realized that Wells Fargo and Bank of America and these other large global bank institutions that were kicking conservatives off and out of their own banking platforms weren't companies that we should trust with our, our money and said, okay, well, I'm going to find a local community credit union to work with. You don't just open up the new bank account and then all of a sudden you're live. You have to do an audit of your existing life and all the things that are tied into that bank account and then slowly make that migration over. Some people can do that in a day. Some people can do it in a week. Some people take a little bit longer. So when people start jumping into the world of open source and working with various different operating systems that are open source, whether it's a Linux laptop running any flavor of Linux operating system or it's uh, mobile phones where we've got a ghost phone and there's other other phones that are out, other companies that are offering similar services that we've been connecting with across the country and around the world that are offering similar services. There's options out there. You don't just get the device, swap your SIM card over, and then all of a sudden you're up and running. You have to do that audit first. What are the key applications that I need so that I can still be productive online? So I can I can go down lots of different rabbit holes from from here. Right. But, uh, I'm, I'm curious what I've triggered with you so far. We have uh, nine minutes till we take a hard break for a couple of minutes here. Sean Patrick Terrio, Mark Three Seven dot com is our guest live on a fresh new podcast today. And uh, you keep hearing, or I keep hearing, uh, maybe you can clarify uh, in about nine minutes or less, uh, the difference between open source and, I guess, closed source or proprietary sources. Um, because sometimes yeah. open source, I remember in the early days, maybe 13 years ago, people were afraid of open source because it was so easy to hack. And that's why at least Apple bragged about that. They said... Uh, the the reason people can't hack an, an iPhone, this was 13 years ago, is because we use proprietary software. Yeah, that's a good question. We get, we get it often. And the, the key difference is it's the difference between – and digital engineering is not too dissimilar than physical engineering. And that, that's a key thing that I think helps a lot of people understand and demystifies what's going on online. When you have a website or you have an application or a company that's doing business online, what they're building is not too dissimilar than an actual physical building. It may be a strip mall. It may be a residential complex. It may be a 50-story high-rise. You kind of have to understand what specifically it is that you're working with. But in terms of open source and closed source, from an open source perspective, what that means is the architect of that building, whatever it might be, that house, whatever it is, has <clears throat> has given to the public the full schematics of that building. So you know what the foundation looks like. You know what it was built on, the type of ground it was built on. You know where the electrical is, where the plumbing is. You know where everything is, where the windows are, what type of shingles they put up. So that if a new person comes into the situation, they can see everything that's going on. And to some degree, people will say, well, that means people know exactly how to break into the house right, or right. break into the building. Mm -hmm. Right. But the flip side of that is that because people can see exactly how to break into the building, you can put stop gaps and measures in place to prevent people from doing that. So this the same reason why people say that it's not secure is the exact same reason why it gets more and more secure with every new release, because you have a community of developers and users who are looking at the schematics and saying, hey, you put a new window in over here, that means people can get into this place through that window. And so we're going to have to build some security measures to prevent access 
over here. In a closed source environment, you simply have to trust that when a patch is made, that they've done a good job actually with that patch. But when we realize that Google and Apple and Microsoft and Amazon, and there's many others, but these are the big four, do these patches, they're always leaving open a back door that government has access to and these agencies have access to. That is a that is just simply part of their existence. They have to allow for this backdoor access. They could not grow and get the contracts that they've won with the government and other large corporations if they did not provide that backdoor access. So with every new update that comes out with Windows, you simply have to trust that they've taken care of whatever the issue was. You can't see what they did. You have no idea if they've addressed the issue of the new window creating a new threat for the application or your data. Does that make sense? Does that help? Yeah, I just want to put that out there because, like I said, uh, it was just a decade ago where everyone, uh, I will say this, my Apple friends were, I was, uh, I started out when I got on uh, smart devices on an Android phone, and they're going, uh, and I was hearing about other people that were getting hacked on the Android, so they said, well, that won't happen on the Apple devices. And like you said, what we did note, and I hope you caught that, is the government has a backdoor access to that. And maybe some are saying, what's what's the problem with that? It's a good thing. Some There's accountability. There's government accountability to all of this. And uh, that's probably, I don't want to go back too far, but that's what we were thinking when we saw uh September 11, 9-11 was when the Patriot Act was introduced. They're going, that makes sense now. We need that. I uh, got about four minutes. I got to take a hard break here. Let's see if we can get this covered before the break. Um, common issues people are having when trying to migrate off uh, an iCloud or a Google Cloud to open source systems. Yeah, the, the first key primary issue is that most people have not even been trained on how these things operate in the first place. And that's, you know, these companies have made it so convenient, right, that people haven't even had to learn how these things operate. So they've never even, they just pick it up and they just type a few, click a few buttons and things do what they're supposed to do. But they really don't understand why or how. It's kind of magic, right? Most people view technology as this magical thing that just happens. And what they don't realize from a security perspective is that they're walking around with these phones and it's the equivalent of me handing bundles of cash, walking through a very crowded area of criminals saying, hey, I'm loaded right now. I don't know how to defend myself. Please take my money. So there's an education piece here. And so we, we it's like me handing you a weapon and saying, I'm not going to train you on how to use this thing. Good luck. Yeah. yeah. Would you use good. that weapon? That's Would good analogy. That yep. Your, mm-hmm. So the first piece is education and training. If you're going to be using these devices, you have to have some baseline education. So that's a lot of why I do the training I do, and I have up on my on our site all the training materials that we have. That's both video and uh, articles that we've written and links that we share. First is training. And I don't know if we have time to dig into more. We want to talk into those once we get back from the break. Yeah. The uh... – we talked about this on the last podcast, and I'm kind of just going to be doing a little bit of small talk here so I can get in my break on time. Sure. But um, 
like we were, I believe we covered how Apple, uh, of all the companies, the, the iPhone of all the companies is trying, and I know that, I, I believe that Elon Musk is trying to do this. He's working on this X app. And I, I'll paraphrase, but what I've heard him say is something like the X app is going to be designed to do everything in your life that you need. Everything. And so Apple has made their device pretty simple, like you said. Um, how do I do this? How do I do this? In a few clicks, it's done. And even now on the new uh, iOSs, they're putting in these shortcut, uh, shortcut, uh, shortcut uh, ads, uh, apps rather, where you can even just push one button. In the old days, we called them these little macros that would do the work for you. And the more simple you make it, the better for me, better for everybody else. And that's why they start on something and, uh, get hooked on a certain device because everything just, uh, updates in the background and I'm going on with my business. Okay. Less than a minute here. We are speaking on Stand Up for the Truth today. <clears throat> Pardon me. With Sean Patrick Terrio from Mark37.com. And uh, yes, we're going to talk about what's coming up on October 4th. This Wednesday, we're going to be doing it here on our radio stations here at Q90FM because we're licensed by the FCC, the EAS test. So we're going to be talking about that because there's a lot of buzz about it. And get Sean's uh, feedback on that. Don't forget to uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel on Q90FM Radio on YouTube for video versions of our podcast. And we're also on Rumble. More Stand Up For The Truth on the way. Feedback, questions, and topic suggestions are always appreciated. Email us at comments at standupforthetruth.com. Crash Connell, a fresh new podcast today with Sean Patrick Terrio, mark37.com. And before the break, I want to make sure you got, uh, we wanted to make sure that we covered everything you wanted to about these audits that we're talking about when you're switching to new technology or new apps. Yeah, the, the question that was being addressed when I was talking about just learning and education, right, before you, you start doing some kind of switch or migration is try to figure out, well, how does this thing even work in the first place? So that's where the education piece is key. And then the next key, we're, we literally have a 100% success rate for those who actually follow this process of doing the audit next. So you have to do a technical audit. And on uh, one of the articles that I've written is Three Steps to Digital Freedom. First one is the uh, audit a process. That's the very first step. So you have to look at your phone and say, I have all these different apps that they've loaded onto this thing. What are the ones I need? Correct. What are the ones I actually use? Whether mm-hmm. it's your phone or your, your laptop, you probably have a gajillion of apps on there that they've preloaded, some of which you can't even remove for a very specific reason because someone brokered a deal and paid a lot of money to be able to make money off of you by them having access to that device and your coordinates and what you're doing on that device and then selling it on the, the open market. But you have to understand, okay, of the 50 apps I have here, do I use four? Do I use 10? What do I use these for? And then the other key piece that's so critical here that most people overlook is do I need an app to use this tool? Most people don't realize that your browser, that web browser that you use, can get you to a website from your phone and you can log in and you can use that tool through the browser. And that's important because the browser serves as almost a firewall between you 
and that company so that they can't start mining your data from your phone. If you log into Facebook, for example, from your phone, which you can do and use your Facebook account just by simply logging into your account through your browser on your phone versus installing the app onto your device, which then gives Facebook access to your device. So that's a very key thing is getting people to really wrap their head around to this. Do I need the app to use this tool or can I simply use it via the browser? And even better, can I just do it from my desktop, the browser on my desktop versus it being on my phone? A lot of people say, well, I, I use my banking. I use, you know, I mm-hmm. do my banking from my phone. And the real question is, well, do you need to? Do you have to? Is it really just a convenience thing where you like to be able to check every now and again? But is it absolutely critical and essential that you do it? And if the answer is yes, it's absolutely critical that I do it. The next question is, well, can you access your bank account and that information through your browser versus installing the app on your phone? So that's another key piece is doing the audit and understanding what apps you need to have on your phone versus what apps you can just or applications you can access through a browser. And if you need help in coaching with that after you've done that audit to try to figure out what is going to be the corollary, like people will say, well, I use my mapping, I use Waze, I use uh, Apple's mapping application, I, you know, I use this map, I can, I'm useless without this mapping application to get around. There are two uh, really great open source alternatives that we preload on our devices, but anyone can go out and find them online through the different app stores. One is called Magic Earth. Magic Earth. Earth. And another one is O-S-M-A-N-D. O-S-M-A-N-D. And what's unique with these mapping applications is they operate on the device. When you put in an address that you want to go to, it doesn't send that address to the cloud that's owned by Google or Apple or whoever so that they can then say, okay, well, A, now we know where this person's going. Now we can track where this person's going and how can we sell to them and monetize them on route, right? We've all seen that. happening on the device. Yeah, we've all seen that. Okay, you're going here. Here's some restaurants, hotels, whatever. We've seen that. Exactly. Yeah, and somebody will flag, hey, you're about to come up on a Starbucks. You know, here's a 10% discount coupon you could use if you pull into Starbucks. So none of that happens. It all happens on the device. And if you've ever, have you ever heard of a company called Garmin? Oh, yeah. Garmin, they're the original GPS uh, company. Exactly. This is how Garmin devices have always worked. And to a larger extent, this is still how Garmin operates. Everything is done on the device. The map is preloaded on the device. The calculation of the route is done on the device. Everything is done on the device so that you're not having to take that information and push it out to a cloud that's owned by people trying to kill us and trying to monetize you constantly. It's all done on the device. And that's just a good example of how most of these applications operate and work and that they're not taking all of your data and trying to monetize it elsewhere. It's done on the device. You have access. You have control. Stand up for the truth. Our guest, Sean Patrick Terrio, Mark37.com. And uh, I see a lot of talk about it on social media. No one's reached out to us about it, but it's a real thing. We, we use a radio station licensed by the FCC. We'll be doing this. Uh, there was a little concern about is it going to still happen if there's a government shutdown, but that has been postponed, and that's another topic for another day. But 
What are your thoughts on the October 4th EAS, Emergency Alert System test? This is going to be on um, everything electronic, pretty much. Right. Yeah, I've, I've nearly every person I talk to at the events that I've been at. So I spent Friday, Saturday, Sunday at Prepper Camp last weekend uh, up in Saluda, North Carolina, which was amazing. And I spent this very recent Friday, Saturday, Sunday at uh, Celebrate Liberty in Greenville. Here is in is that CelebrateLiberty225.com? Is that the one? Correct. All right. Yes. It was the Liberty Dollar Financial Association, which I encourage people to check out, ldfa.nl. Sorry to do that quick plug, but I had to. These guys are great guys. <laughs> um, and so every, nearly every person asked me this same question. Like, what's, what's going to happen on the 4th? Should we put our phones in Faraday bags? Right. Should we cover ourselves with some kind of Faraday shield? Are they going to try to kill everybody? You know, direct, directed energy weapons? Like, what's going to happen? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I honestly don't know. Obviously, I'm not privy to the inside information as to what the heck is really going to go on here. What I can tell you is all the people that I know who are, uh, you know, geeks who understand the network technology and, and understand what's being pushed out is that there's, if you want to go outside and ground, you know, get your feet in the earth and step away from devices and spend four hours uh, doing that during this time frame, please do it. I, I'm probably going to do it just because I want to do it, and I'd rather be outside in nature grounding anyway, right? I'm not going to do it because I'm afraid that somehow these devices are going to emit something that is going to be harmful to me. And the reason is this. The tools that are out there that are going to be emitting this frequency and pushing this out to everybody are there right now. The devices that everything is being pushed to are also there right now. So to think that for some reason on the 4th they're going to release some brand new thing that they've had the ability to push out, which they're already doing. They are pushing low-frequency energy pulses and uh, and weapons to the public all the time. This is, this, is no, this is no new thing. This has been happening and still continues to happen all the time. And I have articles about 5G and what 5G really is or isn't. So long story short, I'm not concerned about it. I think it's really just a massive fear campaign and they're just ramping up this type of uh fear campaign which if you've read 1984 or read uh brave new world or any of these sci-fi uh books that are really you know very much predictions of what's playing out right now uh, that's part of the the agenda is to constantly keep people in a state of fear uh, being worried about oh no there may be some new Thing that comes out, you know, aliens are attacking or whatever it is. You know, Putin's throwing missiles at us or North Korea or whatever. You want to keep people in a constant state of fear. And that fear is far more powerful and effective at causing harm in people than any external energy weapon that someone can throw at you. So that's part of the psychological warfare that we have been in for I would say hundreds of years. That's just ramping up to the next level currently. My what I my advice is if if you're worried about it, then yeah, turn off your phones, even though you can't turn them off. But put them someplace and get far away. But uh, as far as the FM band, uh, Q90 FM, all three of our frequencies will have to do that test because we're licensed by the FCC. I cannot decline that. 
yeah. so it will be October 4th. I can't remember the exact time. Uh, I think it's going to be at 1.20 p.m. Central Time here, if I remember correctly. But I have to monitor it on a radio as the um, as management uh, and an operator here at the radio station. I have to monitor it on on a FM frequency because I have to file a report with the FCC on the quality of the broadcast, et cetera, et cetera. It's something I have to do as as management of a radio station and what they call a, an operator of a radio station. But if you're concerned about it, I just every, I, I've had some family members that said, just get away from your phone if, if you're really, really it's concerned a, about it. So, so think of this, though. The phone, like being near your phone or not near your phone, is not going to make you any more or less exposed to that signal that's coming out from the radio tower. Right? Right. That, really whatever you're concerned about, it. avoid it. <laughs> then, you know, for the stress level, because I don't, like you said, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So you, you did mention, uh, Sean Patrick Terrio is our guest here on Center for the Truth, and you're hearing a, a fresh new podcast today, and uh, we will be posting it on our Rumble page as well. It's CTRN Online is the uh, Rumble handle, CTR Online, or CTRN, I don't remember right now. I just drew a blank. Uh, you you kind of threw it away. Do you want to talk about 5G? Is that? Yeah, Definitely. I definitely do. And this, this is part of the talks that I give when I travel across the country is helping people understand what, what 5G is and isn't. Uh, most people, when they see the term 5G, they instantly get fearful and they get tense and they don't want to have anything to do with 5G without fully understanding what 5G is. So 5G is many different things right now. There is definitely the 5G uh, new technology that is literally like a microwave oven that pushes uh, high band, short distance uh, frequencies and radiation out so that devices can pick up one to 10 gig worth of data up and down, which is a lot of data. It's 99.9999999% of the population has no need for that type of bandwidth. So, and it's very expensive to deploy these devices, so they really only exist in major Tier 1 markets. So Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, uh, major, major metros. And you can see them on the really on the streets. They have them where you can walk up to them, which is just mind-blowing to me. And you can, you know, figure out where you're trying to get to next on these things that are just blaring you in the face with, with radiation and cooking you while you're standing in front of them, and people are just clueless. He, so he's not exaggerating. Definitely... He's not exaggerating. It literally yeah. can cook you. We, I uh, used to work for the phone company uh, decades ago, and our microwave tower was way up in the sky back in those days and uh, to broadcast for long distance back in uh, early. Remember when they used to charge you for long distance calls? And we would throw things up in the air in the path, of the microwave t- tower just to watch them explode just for fun. It explode. Mm. Yeah. So it's a, this was 1978, 79. It's a real thing. It, it's, yeah. it's microwave. It's like, yeah. hell you cook. It's microwave. Yeah, that's exactly right. So definitely horrible stuff. And people literally are getting cooked in their homes that are living in these downtown areas that have some of these devices that are like aimed right at their apartment and it's coming through their window and that signal is bouncing around their house and cooking them inside their house alive. Uh, 
so that stuff is, is gnarly. That is bad stuff. But the marketing departments were approached by management, and they said, hey, we need to be able to say that we have 5G nationwide coverage. Mm-hmm. We want to be the first company to say that we can do this nationwide. What can you do? And they said, well, we're not deploying this this gnarly technology all over the place because it's too expensive. It's going to take too long. And there's really not a use case for these things to be up in tier two, tier three markets in rural America. They really only have to serve a purpose in the major metros. So what we do have, though, is this 4G LTE multi-point service. And what that means is your device is capable of receiving data from multiple towers at the same time. So it's still 4G, it's still LTE, and it's just coming from multiple towers. So what most folks don't quite realize is just because a phone says 5G doesn't mean like there's a Pixel 5A 5G or a 4A 5G or a Pixel 6 5G or iPhone whatever 5G, right? That doesn't mean that that phone itself is going to be emitting that massive band or that short band high-frequency signal that's going to cook you. All it means is that device is capable of receiving Mm -hmm. that 4G LTE multipoint technology and the stuff that's really gnarly. That's what that means. And the reality is all the phones that have been made since about 2017 have that ability to pick up 5G. So just because the phone says 5G doesn't mean that those that don't say 5G don't receive 5G. So, for example, I have a, a Pixel 5 that I operate off of, and it's not a Pixel 5 5G, but I still can turn on and off the 5G uh, capability for the device. And if I turn it on and I'm in a certain area that has that 5G technology available, it'll say 5G up in the corner as what I'm, what I'm receiving to the device. So that's very important for, for people to understand because there's been a lot of fear pushed out about these things. And rightfully so, if you're living in major metros, you don't want this type of tech. And people say, well, all this new stuff that they put out on the light posts in town and whatnot, it's, it's, that's 5G technology. Most definitely it is, but it's that 4G multi-point LTE service. It's not the uh, big, like, six, seven-foot-tall by three, four-foot-wide uh, devices that are literally cooking you if you stand near them or or in front of them. Sean Patrick Terrio, Mark37.com is our guest. And I wanted to, before we, we got less than uh, nine minutes here to wrap up today's podcast, I wanted to ask you, are there, for uh, parents listening, are there some apps that you would say stay away from? Don't, they shouldn't be on any device. Can you Can you mention a handful? I just wanted to provide that service. Yeah, I would say nearly every single social media app. There you go. They, they, should, they should stay away from. I mean, for, for me, that's like saying, you know, would you rather get hit by a, a nine millimeter or a thirty-five millimeter or you know, some kind of a rifle, like or a shotgun? Like, what what do you want? A twenty gauge? What do you want to get hit by? Like, what's the safer of these? Yeah, what's like, the safest no. caliber to take in the arm? <laughs> exactly. I would say none none of them. <laughs> Get away from them. Get your kids outside. Get them interacting face-to-face with people. Uh, if they absolutely have to be on any kind of social media, the second they log into that account, 
they are now feeding information and data. So if they have to have an account for whatever reason, just make sure that they're not posting things because all of that information and data is being stored. It's being aggregated and it can and will be used against them at some point in the future, or at very least it's going to be used so that they can profile someone and know exactly what type of words they can use to trigger that person to act or react in a certain way. And that's, that's huge. Cause when we hear about the world economic forum and Yuval, I forget his last name, mm-hmm. Harari or something like Yuval Harari or somebody like that. Yeah. Yeah. When they're talking about, they've found how they've learned how to hack the human behavior, right? This is exactly what they're talking about. If I know exactly what words I can say that trigger you, and I know your likes and dislikes, I know where you live, I know your ethos, I know your buying behavior, I can manipulate you, which is what, you know, neuro-linguistic programming has kind of been about for a long time, what a lot of elite businessmen and salespeople and, and folks have learned is just how to what words can I use to get someone to pay attention and do the things that I need or want them to do? So this Tony Robbins sure. started that movement back in the 90s. Uh, yeah. Yep. So it's very, it's super bright. It's, it's brilliant marketing at the end of the day, if you think about it, but it's also super evil. <laughs> so you don't want to feed data into their system. So whatever you can do, don't feed data into their system. Get people off of these things. We want to spend less time in front of these devices, not more time in front of these devices. That's a that's an interesting answer because I like I've researched and uh, the top five phone apps parents should not allow on their children's devices. Number one is Snapchat, Instagram, Discord, Yik Yak, which I've never heard of, TikTok, and they're going okay. Those aren't on my phone, but Sean just says, "How about just none, none of those?" And you know, you get the people going. Well, that's the only way I can keep in touch with my families and. Of course, I'm going. I'm not. I'm trying not to be a jerk here, but how did you keep in touch with your families before we had these devices? I mean, we amen. We always had a way to do that, and right. uh, that I I don't know if it's. Can we admit that we're addicted to this and we're slave to this? And is they 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 preyed on our our need for speed and. Immediate gratification and convenience and... And attention, and attention, and ego and attention, yeah. Yeah, the uh, fake, you know, the likes. I was, oh, well, that, I'm going to get on another topic here. I want, We only got, uh, let's see, about, looks like about six minutes here. I wanted to uh, give you an opportunity because I'm just really, uh, I'm so blessed that you and Aaron Wagner uh, are doing these uh, education boot camps. For people going, we got to do something. You you hosted one in Wilson, Wisconsin, Knoxville, Tennessee, and uh, so uh, what is what is that all about? How does that work? The boot camps. Yeah. So if you go to truthandlove.substack.com, the very first article up on the top is called uh, "Boycott Big Tech Resources and Guidelines." Highly recommend. If you're interested in learning and you want to go through some of that training, it's all right there. There's videos of me doing it live, and there's videos of me doing it just me sitting in front of my computer. Uh, but what I'm I'm focused and determined to do, which the Lord really just put on my heart to to make happen, and I've I've learned I've learned what the fear of fear of God is because I literally had a vision after I kept saying no, and I was like, God, I really can't do this. You know, I'm 
I've got a career. I'm making money. I can't step out of all this to uh, go down this path and be an entrepreneur all over again because uh, there's there's really hasn't been that much money in this over the last year and a half to two years. I've literally invested everything in it. And God has really just sat me down and said, look, do you really want to face me at judgment and tell me that you did not do what I told you to do because you were afraid when you have me on your team, the Lord of Lords, who moves mountains, who raises the dead, who can accomplish anything that your heart desires if you simply ask? Is that the conversation you want to have with me? And that's where my eyes and my heart just exploded. And I was like, oh, man. That is not the conversation I want to have when I face my maker. I want him to say, nice job. You did exactly what you were told to do, and you did it to your full potential. That's the mission that I'm on. So with that in mind, with these events, people say, oh, well, why don't you just put this training online and just do it all online? The reality is face-to-face, heart-to-heart is where lives change. It's where the story of your testimony can be shared. And it's where I've seen the most impact in business and sales traveling the country for all the other things that I've done. People who go and break bread with people and shake hands and get hugs and work face-to-face in meetings, that's where the magic happens. And for me, who truly feels that I'm, I'm here to arm those on the front lines of this war right now, I'm going out to those organizations that are on the front line, who are fighting critical race theory excuse me, in their schools, that are fighting mandates, mask mandates, that are working uh, to save kids. Those are the organizations and groups that I want to go and I want to be in front of and I want to arm them with this knowledge so that they can train others and so that they can arm themselves with the tools that are not owned and controlled by the enemy and so that they can just be more successful at what they're doing and have secure comms and be more productive in what they're doing. So that's if you have an, if you're listening right now and you ha- you're part of one of these types of organizations, uh, I would love to talk to you and love to talk about me potentially coming. I don't even charge to come out and do these types of events because I just know this is what I'm called to do. Uh, through the donations that people provide from these events, more often than not, that covers the cost of my airfare or my gas money or what or hotels or whatever it is. So. Um, yeah, that's, and and, that's and you also will uh, go to churches as well, whoever, Amen. right? Yes, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, this is a mission. This is my mission. We use this as our ministry and as our mission. So we are unapologetic in the fact that God has called, and Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, and has called me to do exactly what I'm doing and to arm the wheat that is being separated from the chafe right now to accomplish what we're trying to accomplish. All right, we got one minute here. The website it is Truth. In love, Substack, S-U-B-S-T-A-C-K dot com. Is that a, is that a, is there a paywall? Can you go right there and get the information? You can go right there. There's no paywall. It's truthinlove.substack.com. That's eventually going to be migrated uh, over onto mark37.com because of a long story that we don't have time to get into. But Yeah, uh, mark37.com. That is a website you want to check. Uh, yes, I recommend it all the time. Uh, we got a ghost phone here at Q90FM. And settle for the truth from there, the Faraday bags, but lots of products. Sean Patrick Terrio, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Bless you. And again, be uh, subscribing to Q90FM Radio on YouTube and also our Rumble page, CTRN Online, for the video portion of today's podcast. God bless you. Make it a blessed Monday. <laughs>